According to Barna, 64% of Christians today think that evangelism is optional. Let's change the stats. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? Awesome. How are you? Great. I'm doing good. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt the need to reinvent yourself? Absolutely. All the time. (laughs) So what are some of the typical ways that you go about reinventing yourself? Very simple for me, actually. So I get very bored easily with the same old, same old. So my wife actually makes fun of me because sometimes I'll just be walking around my house and I'll be like, you know what? That's been there for too long. Let's sell that and get something else. And <laughs> I know that's just, uh, that's one way. But um, most of the time for me, it's just getting, sit me down at a piano in a quiet room and I would love to just sit and 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 create new things or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll venture out to the woods just to get away from the city every now and then and, and breathe some new fresh air. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, my conversation today is with Pastor Gary Hart. He's the lead pastor of Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. And he's been pastoring that church as the lead pastor. He's been there since 1984, but he's been the Mm -hmm. lead pastor since 1991. So 28 years, he's been pastoring in the same church in the same city, which is a remarkable feat. Yeah, that's awesome. That's not very common. No. But we have a conversation, an awesome conversation about the ability to reinvent himself. And after 28 years of ministry, how he's been constantly uh, digging into new methods and new ways of doing things and evaluating everything that he's doing and finding the most effective way to pastor and to reach more people. Mm. And it's a fascinating conversation and I'm excited to share it all with you. So let's go now to my conversation with Pastor Gary Hart from Great Falls, Montana. Well, hey, Gary, welcome to GoCast. It's so great to see you, my friend. It's great to be with you. Man, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and our listeners about uh, you and, in particular, your ministry journey. Uh, Well, I uh, started back way when I was growing up, born and raised, uh, Assembly of God kid. Uh, Ended up going to Bible school and out in Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. Yep. my wife was actually from Great Falls at that particular time, and um, I did tell her, I said, I hope you're not a mama's girl because I will never live in Montana. <laughs> um, and so my first assignment out of college was actually in Billings, Montana, and I went there as a youth pastor, served there for two years, and then the, the former pastor of this church invited me to come up uh, and work with youth here in Great Falls. And so I, I came up, served for seven years as a youth pastor here. And then in 1991, we became the lead pastor. So uh, we've been pastoring uh, Victory Church since that time. That's awesome. All right. So tell us a little bit about the church, Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. You've been there 38 years, man. That's that's awesome. Well, actually, um, yeah, we came in uh, 1984. Um, the church had actually been in existence since about 1957. Right. Uh, wow. Been through several other pastors, and we inherited the church in 1991. So we've been the lead pastors for about 28 years now, and um, just serving here in Great Falls. And uh, the church was actually Calvary uh, Community Church. And in 1995, we changed the name to Victory Church to kind of be more in congruency with our, our vision that we had as, as, a, as a pastoral leadership team. That's awesome. And no relation to our Victory Church. It's a great name, though. 
That's right. It is a great name. <laughs> that that is awesome. I connected. We were we were in Lethbridge one Sunday morning and wanted to go to church and we looked on the the phone book and found Victory Church in Lethbridge and we went and made a connection. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm glad we did. It's uh, been great to get to know you and and follow your church as well and what's going on. So, all right. So you've been you've been pastoring lead pastoring the same church for 38 years now, which is a feat in and of itself. But you, you, we've been in conversation off and on uh, about you being in the process of reinventing yourself as a pastor and, and your ministry. First of all, why uh, do you feel that is important to do that now? Um, well, in, a, in a one way, I kind of feel like we're always in a process of reinventing ourselves, And yeah. culture is changing so quickly and so rapidly, uh, the the tools we used years ago are not the tools that we use today. And so we're always in a process of trying to think what's going to help us be more effective in reaching this generation. And secondarily, I recognize um, I just turned 60 years old this year. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking multi-generationally, and I know I've got to pass this thing off to future generations. And so I'm thinking next generation. Right. What's going to help the next generations continue to take this church where it can go in the future? So we're constantly always thinking through what we're doing and how we can be more effective in reaching people with the gospel. That's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about that whole process and, and what you're doing um, and, and how it's going in that way. Okay. Um, well, again, uh, our leadership team, uh, we're continually just thinking through, trying to strategize find more creative ways to connect with our culture, to connect with this generation, uh, passing that on to future generations. Um, we've changed a lot over the years, uh, obviously from, you know, suits and ties uh, way back then. Yeah. Uh, music was more traditional. Um, you never even thought about uh, having lights or lighting systems, uh, any of that kind of stuff. And so there's just been a progression of, new and creative ideas. Uh, we never thought about broadcasting our services way back then. And, um, you know, we aren't at this point, we aren't uh, multi-campus, but I know a lot of places are doing multi-campus. And so I think those are the creative ideas that we're constantly wrestling with, right. trying to find ways to uh, be more uh, connected with our community. Um, we, we've gone through the whole process of trying to determine the best way to get someone from being an unchurched person, getting them in the door, helping them connect to the church, moving them through into spiritual maturity, getting them in a place of service, and then starting the process over again as a fully devoted follower of Christ. And so we thought through all of those processes and continue to do so, so that we can be more effective for reaching people. I love that. I love I love your focus in that. I love the fact that you're willing to to focus on okay on reaching people rather than focus on what is most comfortable for you or what's from most familiar for your leadership or where you fit that you're willing to dive in there and do that. So talk to me about some of the changes that you've made over the years in particular to your Sunday morning service for instance to reach the unchurched and to kind of attract those in the community that might not necessarily you know, go to church. Right. Well, again, I've always had a strong passion for evangelism. That's mm -hmm. just one of the things that 
continually drives me as a pastor. And I, I know that's not the case for every pastor, but for me, that's been my, my story. And so I do focus on that a lot in our ministry. That's good. The fact yeah. that, uh, you know, the church is not for us. We are the church and we're here for the world. And it's about connecting with people in our community and bringing them out of the community into a relationship with God and his church. And so we talk a lot about that. I just came off a six-week series on the harvest, you know, and trying to equip our people uh, to be able to share their faith in Christ and how to connect in, in real ways with people in our, our world so that we can help bring them into a relationship with God. Uh, as far as the church is concerned, we, we do. We talk about it a lot. We talk about being uh, a church that the unchurched want to attend, yeah. um, you know, from the parking lot, you know, all the way through to the, the altar ministry and on their way out. How do we connect with people? How do we create an experience that people uh, are so engaged with that they want to come back the next week and hopefully bring someone else with them? Um, and so those are the kind of things that we talk about continually as a staff, as a leadership team, uh, just trying to get people uh, our people to understand their obligation as a as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven to to reach others with the gospel. That's awesome. So, talk to me about a, a recent change that you've made in this regard, and, and something you've made, or something that you and your team are talking about right now and looking at at addressing. Right. Well, we're always we're always talking about that kind of stuff. And recently, um, in fact, I think it was right after I had been to Victory Church in Lethbridge. Uh, started going through some of your leadership material, um, and I loved your your illustration of the table. And so mm. uh, we went to the table, and I kind of re retooled it for our purposes. Uh, I didn't copy it exactly as you did it, but um, I just loved the whole picture of getting people to the table and moving them around in those things. And so uh, we spent a lot of time as a leadership team talking about what those chairs represented and how we're going to move people through those particular areas. And so that's really become a focus of us. Uh, and every year I like to kind of do a vision series where yeah. I walk our people through it again, uh, just so that they know this is who we are. This is how we make disciples. And, um, and so that's one of the things that we, we made a change in. Um, obviously we're continually upgrading, uh, you know, just the way that we do what we do. And, uh, about a year ago, well, it's been more than a year ago, we, we moved into a new ministry facility that we'd been planning for years and finally got up the courage to borrow the money yep. uh, to get the, the facility finished. And we moved in in July of last year. And, um, you know, that in itself, we were kind of in a building that had no future, uh, had no parking. And so that in itself, I think, limited us a lot to what our potential could be. Uh, and so now in our new facility, we've got plenty of room. We've got plenty of parking, uh, although we're running out of parking now uh, again. And uh, so those are some of the things that we've had to think through. And I know I, I learned a lot of that from you as well in listening to your podcast. Um, you know, just some of the strategies that you need to employ if you're going to continue to grow and build. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, and many of those things we often overlook or, or we don't think are as important. If our church is not growing, we're thinking it's something, you know, uh, that we're doing as pastors or that we need to pray hard or we need to dig in. And I recommend all of that. But a lot of times it's as simple as 
hey, our facility is too small or our parking lot is is awkward and people aren't going to flood in because of some of those things. So it's, it's amazing how all of those things uh, matter, which is awesome. But you said something interesting too about about the table and chairs. And for our, our listeners, um, the table and 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 chairs is basically it's a discipleship plan, or just saying, hey, let's get let's get the unchurched to the table, being the family of God, and then it's a process of moving them through the chairs. And it's basically a discipleship discipleship um, flow of, of answering the question, what is next, and taking someone from you know completely unchurched to becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ and walking them through. Um, the process of doing that. So talk to me about what you guys are doing and what, what in, in particular, by clarifying the next step for your people, how has that helped in discipleship and what kind of a, a fruit have you seen from that? Yeah. Well, uh, again, I think when you can get that picture in front of your people so that they have a good idea as to what their next steps are, um, you know, then, then for them, it becomes just a natural flow for them to, yeah. to get in that, that, that picture, that model, so to speak. So we start with the chair outside of the table. These are the unchurched. The, the next thing is to get them to attend. They do that through an invitation. You know, invitation is the number one way that people are going to connect with your church. And no matter what other types of advertising you do, nothing Nothing is better than a personal invitation from one of your people who loves your church and wants others to connect with it. That's you get so them true. to that first chair, right? Get them attending, and then hopefully uh, they'll have an encounter with Jesus, and they'll want to then connect with the church. And so we move them to the next chair, which is our starting point class or our membership class. So that's the first step and just getting them in a connection with the church, also into small groups then. Yeah. Uh, that's our discipleship model for helping people develop spiritual disciplines in their life. And as they grow as a follower of Christ, they realize, you know, um, church is not just all about me. And, and this Christian life is not just about me. I need to be giving myself away. So we help them move to that next chair, which is as a disciple maker or, you know, helping them serve uh, in an area of ministry. And then the last step for us is for them now having made it to the, the last chair to help someone else yeah. take that journey around the table. And so we talk about that, that now that you've been through the process, you can take someone through the process. Don't, don't bring them to church and say, hey, you know, go do your thing, right? But you walk them through it. And together then you get the, the privilege and the joy of seeing them grow in their relationship with Christ. That's so good, and and what I love about that, and it's slightly different than than what we do, but that doesn't matter. That you know what you do specifically isn't as important as it is having the clarity of what's next. That when somebody, you know, what's next? Well, I invite somebody in the church. Well, what's next when they come that first Sunday? What do they do next? And there's got to be a clear step to what's next. And if they're regular attending, what's next? And and if they get involved and join a small group, what's next? And and making it clear for everybody all the way around, it makes a big, big difference in, in people discipling. Because a lot of times people aren't being discipled because they're unclear of the next step. Right. Probably the one thing that I have learned is just taking your people through it once <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sell them on it. So you have to continually be reminding them, this is, this is who we are. These are the next steps that you want to take. And, and help them buy into it, help them 
take it as their own. That's so true. That's so true. All right. So, uh, how many salvations or baptisms has Victory Church had in, in say, the last year? Well, last year we had just over 60 people that actually came to, to faith in Christ awesome. here at the church. Um, you know, and that's just in our general services, yep. you know, uh, but that's, that's probably where we are. It, it's, we're, we're believing God for more uh, than that in our current year and um, continually move forward to, to see people come to faith in Christ. That is so good. That's so exciting. So tell me about one of those people or somebody that, that came into your church. Um, and got, you know, maybe comes from a completely unchurched background. You wouldn't expect to be walking into a church, but came in, gave their heart to Jesus and the turnaround that's happened in their life. Yeah. Well, we've had several really cool, uh, stories. Um, one of those was a, a young lady who had just come through a divorce her life was kind of messed up and she was really just trying to find some direction in life. So she thought she'd try church and so she brought her boyfriend with her uh, to Victory Church and uh, when she came in uh, she was kind of blown away because she wasn't expecting you know people with you know contemporary music and drums and guitars and people clapping their hands and people raising their hands and her immediate response was I think these people are weird or they're they're a little bit different you know uh, but there was something about the spirit of our service that just captivated her heart. She couldn't deny there was something real here. And so she kept coming back. And so it, it was just fun then to begin to watch her journey as she began to embrace more and more of the potential of Jesus in her life. And um, and so, you know, having come to Christ, uh, she kind of lived almost in the fear zone. She was afraid to take those next steps. Yeah. And so it's just been a process of encouraging her um, you know, to take next steps of faith. And she's always been a little bit hesitant, but at some point then she'll break through. And I remember in a small group that, that she was a part of, and people were encouraging her to, to read the scriptures out loud or to pray out loud. And she was so, you know, fearful to do so. And finally she broke through that and began to pray. Um, and then we invited her to be a part of our, our prayer partner ministry. And she was not sure that she could pray with someone else. And so we continued to encourage her. And eventually she said, okay, I'll try it. And we, we gave her the training. And, and so she started doing that. And then we wanted her to be a part of our altar ministry. So we took them through some uh, training and how to share the gospel. And she just, she memorized all the scriptures. She had all the bullet points and everything for sharing the gospel. But when it came down to doing it, she, I just don't think I can do it. And I really encouraged her. I said, I know you can. You've got all the scriptures. You know the, 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 the gospel. Just go ahead. And so here recently, she's had the privilege of leading several people to faith in Jesus Christ. And awesome. I mean, it's just been fun to watch her journey uh, from fear to faith. And uh, she's, she's just totally and radically a different person today than the day she stepped into our church. And she would be the first one to tell you she doesn't think her life is perfect. Of course, none of our lives are. But seeing her from where she was to where she is today, it's an amazing journey, uh, amazing story of God's grace in her life. Well, it's amazing because as you told that story, it's I mean, it's a process going right around the table. I mean, she went from yeah. completely unchurched to 
to hesitating to get to that next chair. And each each stage, there's a little hesitation, a little fear. But man, once she took the leap, it's amazing to see that we're now she's leading people to Christ herself and yep. th- and being a disciple maker herself, which leading is Leading one which of our awesome. small groups herself. And yeah, wow. it's been awesome. That is awesome. When you, yeah, you see stories like that and go, okay, that's why we do what we do. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. That is awesome. I I love that. All right. So talk to talk to us as pastors and saying, okay, pastors who've been in ministry for a length of time and saying, okay, I want I want to lead people to Jesus like that. I want to see fruit like that. I want to see change. I mean, we're tired of just playing church and going through the routine. I want to reinvent myself. To where where should they start? Where where do we start? What do we do as as pastors and how, how do we reinvent ourselves? Well, uh, again, I think. The important thing is to develop your your plan, um, know what you want to do. And I think for a lot of years, I kind of had the idea that if we showed up, they would show up. And, you know, if we just preached Jesus and just loved on people, you know, they would get it. But we were having as many people go out the back doors we had coming in the front door and uh, they just weren't making a connection. And so that's when we began to realize it, it, it's more than just praying something's going to happen. You've got to really think through the process right. of how to move people from here to there. And so I, I'd say develop that plan. And if you want a, a great plan, obviously, there's a, a lot of great uh, models out there. Uh, I just happen to to really love the one that you presented. And so that's the one that we kind of began to develop. But I think that's the, the place to start um, is just to develop that plan. You can do that with your leaders. And then from that point, then you've got to gather around you some of the people, the, the main influencers in your church and sell them on the plan and get them to embrace where it is you believe that God wants you to go. Um because you can't do it by yourself. You're going to need some other folks to come alongside you to help you. Right. That's so good. I think what what's powerful about, I mean, I love the idea of, of the plan and making sure that you're executing the plan and coming up with a plan. But I think the secret to the plan and what I've discovered is, is it's got to be simple. I mean, yeah. you, you can't, it cannot be so complex. And I think a lot of times as leaders, yeah, we yeah. like to make it so complex and we've got, you know, class 101 and 201 and 301 and 1001. I mean, we just keep on going and going and adding to it. But really, I think in order for people to buy in and for people to follow through, it's work the plan, but it's, you got to keep it simple. It's got to be simple. Yeah. I think early on, I had like seven or eight, you know, different aspects to our vision and mission and you know, is beyond people's comprehension to actually grasp. And so uh, it's like you said, the, the simpler you can make it, the, the better it'll be. That's awesome. So talk to me about your, uh, your service in particular. And is there elements that you place in your service every single Sunday intentionally for the unchurched that, that you're, you're yeah, addressing one them? Of the things that we do, uh, we obviously, uh, we have a, um, I don't know what you'd call him, whether it's an MC or whatever, but we do a, a five-minute countdown before the service just to prepare people, and then he'll come up onto the stage and just kind of welcome everybody, let them know we're going to be here for about 75 minutes today. I believe it's going to be the best 75 minutes of your week. Um, we're going to we're going to do some singing together, just offering our our praise to God, and we invite you to come along and sing with us. The words are going to be on the screen. You'll love it. And uh, just invite them to to come on in. 
um, just as a way of introducing people who have no relationship with the church to what we're going to be doing in our and, and the why. I mean, you're explaining why you're doing what you're about to do. Exactly. That's good. Because uh, most of a lot of those people, they've never been either in a church like ours or they've never been in church, period. So they don't know what to expect. And, and so I think anything that we can do to set them at ease, uh, we try to have uh, music that is playing as they're coming into the, the service that, you know, is not heavy or, um, you know, would, would, would cause them to question what's going on. Right. Uh, anything that we can do to set them at ease. We, we have a coffee shop. We have a coffee bar where people can have a cup of coffee as they come in. Uh, you know, our greeters are, are trained to just welcome them and be extremely friendly and let people know that they're welcome at Victory Church. Yeah. And um, so anything that we can do in that. And then obviously uh, we keep our, our worship up and, you know, try to engage them with, um, you know, music that will connect with this generation. Right. Um, we do do our offering and we welcome our guests and that kind of stuff. And then uh, in our, our ministry time, I try to preach on topics that will connect with people from a biblical perspective. Right. Um, uh, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm always trying to improve in that area. You know, I don't know that I've got it perfectly down yet, but I'm working on uh, creating messages that will connect with anybody who's sitting out there um, so that they say, well, this was really helpful to me to be here today. And that's a that's a really big key, right? I mean, making me- making the message, we don't have to compromise. We don't have to change the scriptures. We don't have to soften what the scriptures are saying whatsoever to attract the lost. But I mean, there's a number of keys. Like it has to be helpful. It has to be applicable. And there's, while I believe all of the Bible is, is God's word, not all parts of the Bible are helpful, you know, to, to the day to day, especially to the, you know, to the unchurched. I mean, just Leviticus. I mean, anyway, just <laughs> there's certain things in there that, that might not be applicable or helpful to the the day to day. So making it helpful. The other thing that's really key is, is a lot of what you said earlier is explaining. So instead of just talking through a scripture, explaining, okay, let's talk about who the author is, who he's writing to, why he's saying this, what kind of context he's saying this in, and explaining it. So it kind of brings it down to, you know, the headspace that he might have been in, the circumstances they were in, what they're going through, and and apply that then to everyday life, that we go through those circumstances here too. So, and then and then making it helpful and applicable to what everyone's going through. That's a really great point. You know, a lot of people out there, they don't even know what the books of the Bible are. And I think for years we just approach it, you know, we say things like, well, you've heard this story before, or right. you know this scripture. Um, and oftentimes people are coming in, they have no clue, you know, what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are. They they don't know what that is. Yeah. And we oftentimes just assume that people know. Uh, things about the Bible, and they really don't. And so, breaking it down on a place where you say, "Okay, this is who this author was," and you know, he was a disciple of Jesus, and those kind of things are so important today. 
in communicating the gospel. That's so good. I did a series uh, not that long ago about the Bible and just how it got compiled and how it got put together and who some of the authors were and kind of the history of of the compilation of it. And that was wildly fascinating for a lot of people because the unchurched had no idea. They didn't know. And it made sense now as to what the strange book you know that you know called the bible and for those who have been in the church their entire lives they hadn't heard a lot of this stuff and it suddenly made sense to them too so yeah. it's it's uh it's interesting in ex- explaining you know what's in the bible who's in the bible and the context in which it was compiled and written in uh is really helpful really good that is awesome all right so talking about you know reinventing yourself and and your services i mean do you do an a salvation call every service I do. I don't want uh, to have a single service where people aren't given the opportunity to come to faith in Christ. And so I take the opportunity at the end just to walk them through the gospel, um, give them an opportunity to respond. Um, uh, We've just recently kind of changed our uh, our model at the end. Uh, I was just having them raise their hand and then we encouraged them to get the material that we have available. Um, And we weren't really connecting a lot that way. And so now uh, at the end of all of our services, we offer a time for prayer for people who need need prayer. And some of my prayer partners will come forward. So I encourage people, if they have responded to the gospel and prayed the prayer of salvation, to also take that step and step out and come up and talk to one of our prayer partners. Uh, and our prayer partners are equipped then to walk them through the gospel again and give them the material we've prepared for them, give them a Bible if they don't have a Bible, um, so that you know, we can follow up on them afterwards. And um, we just started doing that. It was so cool. The Sunday um, uh, I had gone through the, the presentation and uh, we had prayed the prayer and there was a couple of people who raised their hands for salvation. And I said, in just a moment, I'm going to have some of my prayer partners up here and I'm going to invite you to take that step out and come down. And I mean, the guy who'd raised his hand didn't even wait. He just jumped out of the aisle and ran <laughs> forward. And it, was, it was just awesome because he was so ready that's uh, awesome. to make that decision for Christ. And so, uh, but, but that's, we do do that after every service. That is awesome. And whatever works, I mean, that's reinventing and saying, okay, what results are we getting? What's working? I, I love that. All right. So in, in the reinvention of, of yourself and constantly looking for results and focusing on the results and saying, if what we're doing is working, what advice would you give to a pastor of, of what caution would you give them? What would you tell them to be careful of to, to not do? Um, probably um, don't go too fast. Right. Um, I think, um, you know, I tend to be a uh, visionary, but not so much administrative. And so I get a, an idea and I want to jump on it that next week. And so oftentimes I frustrate my staff and my leadership team because I don't take the time to wade through it and to think through it and to think through the process of how we're going to do this. And so I would say take plenty of time. Um, to pray through it and to think through it, to talk with your leadership team about the steps that you feel would be best in making the changes that you need to make in order to to move your church in the direction that you want it to go. That's so good, man. That's I'm the same way, and and so I've had to uh, wrestle with myself on that whole thing and say there's a difference between the idea and the implementation of the idea. 
And actually train my team on it. Still so good at it, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. So talk about that process. What do you do now? Okay, to slow down an idea. How how do you process that through? You got an idea and you're going, man, we got to do this. And we you see the urgency of the idea. How, how do you t- walk me through a process that you would do now? Um, well, again, um, first thing I would want to do is I'd want to sit down with my staff and walk it through with them and talk it through with them and right. see. Do, do they see it this way? You know, would this be a good way to approach it? I also have a leadership team that I meet with on a regular basis. Um, and it would be my hope that I would, you know, go in such a way that I would then sit down with them, you know, and just move it through the steps of our leadership. Because once once we get through the leadership, then I have my volunteer ministry workers and I'd want to run it through them. Right. Um, and I, I recently... Um, I recently did it wrong, <laughs> and, and I got an idea, and I just thought it was so good, and so I bypassed the staff, I bypassed my leadership team, and I went right to my ministry workers, and I shared the idea with them, and when I got done with it, everyone was confused. It was like, okay, I did not take the right time to really slow this thing down, you know, work it through, work it out, because I still think it's a great idea, but... Uh, I just I just blew everybody away because I didn't take the time. And so that's the process that I think uh, will help eliminate the confusion. Uh, we'll get everybody on board. You know, you have the opportunity then to talk everybody through it. And then when you're ready, everyone's chomping at the bit, ready to go, because you haven't just jumped into it. You really took the time to set it up. That is hard for us visionaries to hear, but sometimes slower is more effective. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true. so true. That's and that that is so true. We're always having to learn that. I'm having to learn that uh, all the time. So yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> we're, not, we're I don't I don't feel like we're probably not the only ones as well. Right. Okay. <laughs> that is awesome, man. This has been so good. Thank you for for uh, your time today and for sharing with us. Has been so so good. Uh, is there anything that I haven't asked that you wish I would have? Um, no, not particularly. I guess maybe one of these days I'd just like to get together with you personally and sit down and uh, maybe I'll drive up to Lethbridge and we'll have a cup of coffee and uh, we can we can pick at each other's brains just a little bit. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. That's so good. Well, if there's a pastor listening and they're wanting to reinvent themselves or they're wanting to, they've heard something you said and they're thinking, man, I'd like to pull in that a little bit more. Man, tell us where, where can our, our listeners connect with you online? Where can they find you? Our website is uh, victorychurchgf, as in greatfalls.com. And so you can just go on there and make your connection uh, that way. And yeah, I'd be more than willing to talk with anyone and help in any way that I can to help them keep moving their churches forward and uh, seeing people come to faith in Christ. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gary. This has been great. It's been great having you on the program. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. What a fascinating conversation with Pastor Gary Hart. Man, so much in there. But what was your favorite part? What was your takeaway? Biggest takeaway from this. We are the church. The church isn't for us. And we are here for the world. I love that. So yeah. simple, yet so powerful. Yes. Uh, that mind shift in and of itself 
can change everything. Everything as our focus of the, as a church. I love that he had that focus, and that's that is his focus. That's right. what he talks about on a regular basis. They talk about it as a staff, and that's why they can reinvent themselves because their focus is not just on them and what's comfortable for them. Their focus is always on the world, and we exist for the world. I also found it fascinating. I was not aware of the fact that they've taken our discipleship process, the table and chairs, <laughs> right. uh, from from my book, uh, My Victory Starts Here. I, I didn't know that until this conversation, so I found that fascinating. But just for those of you listening and for our viewers, I just explain a little bit about what that is. My Victory Starts Here, is, again, is a discipleship plan that we yeah. put into place because the the big question people ask when they come to a church for the first time, when they first get born again is, what's next? What do I do next? So we wanted a very distinct plan for them, but we also wanted a very clear plan for our staff and our team to lead people through. And so we searched the scriptures all over for a, a layout or a plan for discipleship, and we came across First uh, John uh, chapter two, and John writes to the early church, and he says, "He says, I write to you, little children; I write to you, young men; I write to you, fathers." So, when Pastor Gary is talking about the table and chairs, we literally set out a table and chairs yep. as a staff, and we put a one chair away from the table, and we said, "This is the unchurched people we're trying to reach." Then we had four chairs around the table, and we said, "Okay, we need to get those people, you know, f- that are in the unchurched chair. We need to move them to the table, which is joining the family of God." And so, how do we do that? And the first seat at that table is the born again seat. We need to get them born again. Then we said we need to have them remain so that they can move around the table to the next chair. Uh, we put that chair to the left of the table, and that chair represents the little children. We said the little children stage is is those who are new to the faith. They uh, they require and are dependent on others to feed them and to to get them you know established in the faith and the practice of the faith. And then they move from that chair to the young men chair, which was at the top of the table, and that chair represents young men who are independent and can feed themselves and and can feed themselves a word. And then they move from that chair to the ta- the chair on the right, which is the father's chair which was uh, those who are now have dependents and can reproduce themselves and are discipling somebody else. So that's just a really quick overview of what that is. Um, I found it fascinating that he's doing something similar and mm-hmm. is working for them. What really, again, is the power of that is is the clarity. So, yes. so, so amazing. If you want more information about that, of course, you can uh, go to our website, uh, myvictory.ca, and uh, we'll uh, hap- happily help you with what that looks like. So how does someone get involved with Go Team and GoCast and being a part of this conversation? Absolutely. Join along with us, iTunes, look up GoCast, rate and review what you hear, and then be able to share share it to uh, all those you think would be interested and help us push this word forward. That is awesome. You can also join us on Instagram or in conversation with us in our Facebook group as well. And it's a great place for us to connect and keep the conversation going. Well, next week, we have a great conversation with Pastor Danny Schultz from Spokane, Washington. Let's go to a clip right now. The bottom line is that spiritual maturity is really not about what you know it's about what you do with what you know that's so good and for us sunday is the place where we put our faith into action by serving those that have yet to step across that line of faith well we can't wait for next week at GoCast with pastor danny schultz uh, we encourage you to come back and listen and watch that podcast thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. 
Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.